morning, everyone, and welcome to Julius Baer's Moving Markets podcast. It's Friday, the 24th of February, and my name is Helen Freer. Coming up on today's show, Ben Saboldvai will give us an update on currencies, and then Nenad Dinich will give us his thoughts on our emerging market equity strategy. But I will start things off with a quick roundup of the latest market news. Firstly, I feel I have to mention that today marks exactly one year since Russia's invasion of Ukraine. The US is apparently planning to make an announcement today that there'll be sweeping sanctions against key sectors that generate revenue for Russia, including the country's banking, defense and technology industry. Meanwhile, China has made a proposal calling for a ceasefire between Russia and Ukraine. Let's look at the markets now then. So in the US yesterday, all the major markets ended the day in positive territory. Tech was the biggest outperformer, so it follows that the biggest gains were in the Nasdaq. The Nasdaq 100 closed up 0.9%. Earlier on in Europe, most of the major markets also finished the day in the green, although the gains were quite modest. The FTSE 100 and the Swiss market index were the only major indices to lose ground yesterday. Looking at treasuries then, the 10-year yield fell four basis points in yesterday's trading and is steady in overnight trading at 3.87%. Let's look at economic data out today. Earlier on, we got inflation figures for Japan. Core inflation there rose 4.2% in January, and that's the highest number seen since 1981. The Bank of Japan governor nominee, Kazuo Ueda, said that the central bank will need to consider normalizing policy if the outlook for prices improves, but he called the current strategy appropriate and said more time is needed to get to the central bank's inflation target. Final Q4 GDP data for Germany is just out. This came in at minus 0.4% for the quarter. And consumer confidence figures for a number of countries are out today. In the UK, consumer confidence rebounded in February to its highest level for almost a year. And this was the biggest rebound for almost two years, with signs that inflation is starting to ease. Consumer confidence in Germany is also up from last month, and consumer confidence figures for France and Sweden are coming out a bit later on. Spain PPI inflation data is also due out shortly. Later on today, well, at 2.30 this afternoon in Switzerland, we will get the US Personal Consumption Expenditures, or PCE, data for January. And this is the Fed's preferred gauge of inflation. So this could give us some insights on what the Fed is going to do. And taking a quick look at markets in Asia this morning, the Nikkei ended the day there up 1.3%. But when I looked a few minutes ago, both the Hang Seng Index and the CSI 300 were in the red. And US futures were down while European futures were all in the green a few moments ago. So enough of me. Ben, sir, great to have you on the podcast this morning. Can you tell us what's been happening in the FX world? Good morning from the trading floor. Good morning, Helen. Let me jump right into it and start with the US dollar. The greenback has recently stabilized and strengthened on the back of the run of a surprisingly hot macro data and an apparent resumption of inflationary pressures. Especially with the U.S. adding over half a million jobs to payrolls in January and the unemployment rate at a staggering low 3.4%, mixed in with upside inflation surprises, the dollar steadied its recent downward move from the previous few months. Inflation is likely to imply near-term stability and upside for the dollar, given low unemployment and inertia for the core. 
Furthermore, today marks the one-year anniversary of the Russia-Ukraine war, as you mentioned, and we might see some further tension, which will definitely be a risk of event. On this side of the pond, looking at the euro, it had a good run in January, but now back to square one, where it started the year. All the tailwind from the hawkish ECB, the drop in G10 headline inflation, lower energy prices, a milder than expected winter, and not to mention China's reopening seem to have been for nothing. During yesterday's session, euro dollar touched 105.85, but so far the dollar did not extend its gains. For the previously mentioned reasons, the euro is still holding, not willing to give in much, whereas if one wants to see the actual dollar strength, should look at dollar yen. I would say if dollar yen shoots up above the 135 levels again, would recommend to sell into the rally or play it via a bearish risk reversal, a decumulator, or a bearish staff. Looking at gold, we saw some interesting price action, dropped all the way to 18.18 yesterday's session, but it held there and have seen a nice bounce. But the metal is not out of the woods yet. We would need to clear the 18.32.35 to reduce downside risk. For those wishing to dip their feet in gold, irrespective if they own any ounces or not, a pivot off would look rather attractive. That's it from me. Wishing you a lovely day ahead and a happy Friday. Thank you very much, Benson. And now, Nenad, over to you. So emerging market equities have come down a bit since their high towards the end of January. But since the reopening of China, they're still up an impressive 19%. What are your thoughts on emerging market equities at the moment? Good morning, Helen. Well, emerging market equities have experienced a series of supporting drivers over the past months. One of them is obviously the reopening in China, which is characterized by improved growth prospects and policy support in the real estate market. Then the direction of US dollar, which was also a crucial driver for the performance. Since the peak of dollar strength in September last year, the weaker US dollar has boosted real activity in emerging economies and fueled equity market performance in these regions. We also observed that earnings downward revisions for 2023 have started to bottom and valuations are still at very attractive levels. And lastly, the asset class has experienced a strong start to the year in terms of new portfolio and fund flows. So does this friendly environment mean we are bullish on emerging market equities? Not quite. Uh, we believe the asset class faces several headwinds and there are risks on the horizon that could increasingly resurface, but are currently underestimated by the market. First, the prospect of further rate hikes by the Fed and expectations of higher rates for longer, given sticky inflation, suggests a stronger US dollar over the short term. The narrative of higher rates than longer is not unique to the US, but is also evident in many emerging economies across Latin America, such as Brazil and Mexico, but also Eastern Europe like Poland and Hungary. Ultimately, this ends up in higher cost of capital and will weigh on company earnings. The second headwind is the lack of a sizable upcycle in earnings. We do see the possibility of an upward inflection in forward estimates, but year-on-year -year growth for 2023 stands currently at around minus 3%. Lastly, geopolitics in the background is not improving, whether it's in the Ukraine, Russia, Middle East, China, Taiwan or the US. And let me also highlight the valuation multiples, which uh, on both absolute and relative levels are indeed very attractive in emerging market equities, but in our view, the large discount to the fair value also illustrates the high risk premium and implies that volatility will remain high. 
We also see that emerging market equities have a rather poor long-term track record to outperform developed markets, and they also failed to show higher returns than Europe or the US since the beginning of the year. So sustained upswings for emerging markets usually last for several quarters and are much stronger than the current recovery rally that we have seen since the onset of the China reopening. This also means that we are currently still in the very early stages of a potential bull market for emerging market equities, which should take away investors' fear of missing out. To sum up, we remain cautious and don't expect emerging market equities to outperform developed markets. From a regional perspective, we prefer allocating assets into Asian equities, since the earnings and sales growth outlook for 2023 remains more compelling compared to Eastern Europe, Latin America or the Middle East. And within Asia, we do have a positive view for India and Southeast Asian countries. We also see further upside for Chinese equities for the first half of 2023, although at a slower pace than before. So for investors trying to get exposure into the broad emerging market space, we believe that the fixed income asset class shows a more compelling risk reward profile than equities at this stage. And with that, I'll gladly turn back to you, Helen. Thank you very much, Leonard. That's all for today then. Thanks again to our speakers this morning and thank you all for tuning in. So happy Friday, everyone. And do join us again on Monday when Menzel will be back with an update from the technical analysis team. Bye for now. The information and opinions expressed in this podcast constitute marketing material and are not the result of independent financial or investment research. Please refer to www.juliasbear.com forward slash legal forward slash podcasts for further other important legal information. Für unsere deutschsprachigen Zuhörer, we would also like to make you aware of Marktanalysen und Gespräche, a monthly podcast in German, where Julius Bear experts discuss some of the latest market developments. We share our key research and insights on today's ever-changing economic landscape in German. Search for Marktanalysen und Gespräche on your favorite podcast player.